On today's exciting episode of New Zealand Entertainment Podcast, Jared and myself travel to the East Coast to the White Ore Māori Film Festival, while Yulia gets the argument job of staying in Auckland. All this and more on New Zealand Entertainment Podcast. Well, here we are, another uh, episode of New Zealand Entertainment Podcast, and we're taking it on the road today, uh, myself, Mel, and Jared, who's driving at the moment, and we've got some music courtesy of our guests in the back seat. We're uh, passing through Hawke's Bay, the beautiful Hawke's Bay, we've just come out of, uh, where have we come out of? New Haka. New Haka, where the marae was, where we stayed, and it's, uh, can I say it's bloody brass monkeys out here, Jared? It is brass monkeys, and by that we mean it's very cold, but uh, not at the moment because we're in the van, the juicy, nice juicy van, it's quite warm. I really enjoyed uh, the accommodation here inside this juicy van, it's kind of kind of nice. It is very nice, a nice way to experience the New Haka New Zealand International Film Festival Things Māori. Yeah, we got very down in Māori, got down in brown, as uh, Jared will testify. And uh, we are here at the Wairoa Māori Film Festival, and we've got a couple of people in the back uh, there, Craig and Melody. Craig and Melody. Melody's going to be playing some tunes for us, and then we'll, we'll get her back in the in, in the front seat for a bit of a talk. Um, but Jared, some of the highlights for the, the Wairoa Māori Film Festival for you, yeah, off the top of your head. Well, I have to say I was quite moved initially by the fact that we missed out on seeing uh, the hunt for the world of people but turns out that was not too bad because we saw something that was uh i think equally well equally i don't know i can't make comparisons because i haven't seen the hunt for the world of people but um (laughs) but we did see the price of peace by um a documentary woven together about tamaiti's ordeal with you know starting up the revolution as it was as it was put as terrorists uh, film made by Kim Kim Webby, uh, who, is, who is also known to some of the listeners probably as a reporter on TV. Uh, she was actually on 60 Minutes, um, and she's done a great job in this documentary, which we thought was actually uh, well-crafted, put together. But other highlights as well, we went to the Gala Awards, where they were hosting some of the, the awards that they gave out to the short movies, uh, recognising Indigenous uh, filmmakers. And we even had a, b- a bit of music there as well, um, with Melody McIver from the Shibwe uh, tribe on her viola. On the viola, yeah, playing the backing track, just like the old silent movies, to an indigenous film made uh, uh, from the indigenous of Turtle Island. Wow, you're actually listening, uh, Jared. Because uh, it's quite hard, because obviously when you're on a, on a mariah, it's quite cold, but everyone gets together, they swap stories, they network. What about you? Have you met any interesting people? Uh, as well on this weekend, Jared. Yeah, I've met a lot of interesting people well this weekend. I heard you uh, brought a really expensive uh, piece of chocolate cake here as well. Yeah, the local tea rooms at uh, the Hot Pools. Morere Hot Pools, uh, just out of New Haka. In fact, uh, I'm told it's seven minutes exactly out of New Haka. And uh, the cake and cream will set you back. You probably want to go to your local bank check it out with the bank manager before you start investing in the local confections of uh, the tea rooms 
But apparently the, uh, it was all made up for by the marae. The, the food on there was fantastic. Um, just getting the whole vibe of the festival. Um, and of course our friend uh, Leo Koziol, who's also been a friend of the podcast show, just supporting what he does and, and getting a feel, uh, a feel for the festival, the weekend. Um, checking out some short movies, which we saw yesterday in the old Gaiety Theatre. Which is kind of a funny name, really, for a theatre. Quite a happy name, isn't it? Quite gay. Uh, oh, Trago, Trago. Trago, oh, look, we've got some action coming up here on the road. Is that a police pulling over? Or is that, yeah, some cops pulled over a car? Red lights are flashing? No, no, don't. Yeah, yeah no, that's right, he didn't see us. Got the microphone in Jared's face once, just as we drove past. A um, couple of short movies that we saw. Uh, Ursula Grace's uh, one about Elvis there. Uh, now, Jared, you're a you could identify with this one because obviously you like you do Elvis gigs as well. Uh, Andy Stankovic, the movie, the doco. It was good to see Andy Stankovic uh, making his debut on the on the big silver screen uh, as the King, uh, which is also the name of the film, The King. And uh, he's a local West Aucklander from Henderson, I believe, Māori Delhi, and. Uh, Maori Deli. Yeah, I've heard so much about uh, this film. There's been a lot of talk about it, around it. And so it was, it was a nice surprise to actually see it uh, at the Gaiety Theatre. Now, speaking of which, it is not only, it is called the Wairoa Maori Film Festival, but obviously it celebrates Pacifica film and Indigenous film as well. So we have people from, uh, um, from Tahiti, Tahiti, eh? Yeah, the Lost Pearl movie with, uh, that was directed by Timur Morrison, which is... Um, uh, one of the, the guests we've had on the podcast show who, who, drew, who was started Mahana. Well, yeah, it was interesting to see Tim's work. He's obviously gearing himself up for Shortland Street in Tahiti. And, um, Would that be rude to Shortland Street? I don't know, but it was definitely a little bit of a love drama going on there. Slightly a skin flick, I might say. And you mean skin as in lots of skin showing skin? Lots of skin. And you might say young, youthful, attractive skin. And uh, a good showcase for Tahiti. Very good showcase, especially I was quite interested in the bar that they had in there, the pink coconut bar. Yeah, pink coconut bars at the Gaiety Theatre. And if we ever go to Tahiti to podcast, I'm sure the cake will be more expensive, but at least we'll know the pink coconut bar. Yeah. Yeah. And you've got a bit of a connection there yourself, well, through uh, the editor. Through Lenny Hill, who's a filmmaker, editor, who spent most of his time living in uh, Asia worked for ESPN and he's got his own production company now uh, they actually uh, his wife produced this film The Lost Pearl and also he edited it which is um, and we went to school together I was in the same class as a sister um, another good short movie that we saw as well there um, let's have a look The Poor Harder Brothers uh, those two young kids who, uh, who had a lemonade lemonade store yeah they're uh, kind of an activist movie uh, speaking about the um how, how the rivers are being, or the local Kaimuana has been uh, affected by overfishing, or... Oh, hang on. No, we're talking about a different movie. It's those two little kids with a lemonade stand. Oh, the lemonade stand. Learn how to fly. $50, $60. But that's not nearly as expensive as the cake you brought last night, the Maldini Pools. But there was another movie, The Three Wise Cousins, about a great uh, Samoan movie, which is kind of similar to the, along the lines of uh, Sioni's Wedding. But kind of different. Um, this guy's going back to the islands to try and get some tips on how to score himself a girlfriend or press a girl the island way. Well, I was very impressed by that movie. Um, shot on a on a, uh, a smell of an oily rag. I think twenty five grand was a total budget. That would have probably covered their airfares. I heard it was thirty. 
or 25.30, open the door, knock on the door. Free catering. Yeah, three, four, shut the door, five, six, pick up sticks. But Mel's glaring at you, Jared. But it was an entertaining film. Uh, I think the cast was perfectly chosen, particularly the boys from Samoa. They were hilarious, but very just naturally themselves. Uh, you couldn't get a better casting for, for those two roles. No, I totally agree. The the humour was spot on. It was well timed. Some of the the, the deliveries and some of the, the the two cousins that they they played uh, on the movie were actually part of a Mr. Lover Lover competition in, in Samoa. Uh, we heard. Yeah, and they did their role so well. Um, good speakers, good communicators, and might I add a good moral story there? A bit of a plug for um, you know the Samoans back in Samoa compared to the lifestyle in New Zealand which is pretty kind of laid back in comparison we also had a big contingency of Canadian short films Uh, there was a couple of people filmmakers that came over here Uh, we had um, also Melody McIver Craig Commander as well which we've got in the the van with us at the moment we've kidnapped them taking them back to a Portiki a Portiki a town I've uh, not spent enough time in so there's a whole rafe of movies um, the indigenous people from Canada Pacifica film, New Zealand film. I think overall, my feeling was that I was just blown away just by the hospitality and and also the undertaking um, of the festival that Leo's put together. Um, just networking, talking to people with ideas, hearing them share their stories, like Kim Webby's one, just about her heart behind the doco, The Price of Peace as well. All that just adds um, just to a, an amazing experience and I think it's quite a special event in a unique part of the country. We're going past the Colosseum right now, which is unexpected in this part of the world. Uh, Colosseum there, famous for the Roman fighting, gladiators, etc., etc. 144 k's out of Portiki. This is amazing. Uh, what next? We've also got uh, queen palm trees here as well. Uh, the lovely backdrop of the east coast here. We're right near the ocean, the coast of Aotearoa here. Uh, making our way back from the, the Wairo Māori Film Festival... Um, for you, I've got Mel here, and Mel's been a bit quiet, but she's been glaring at her partner, husband, slash husband, here. Mel, for you, what, what sort of highlights for you? Well, this is Mel's first time in a, on a marae, actually, so it's not only been a, um, a whole meal of new films, uh, short films, indigenous, Māori, local, and abroad, but it's also been the first time for Mel to be on a marae, the... Uh, the Whare Kai and of course the Whare Nui the, with all the carvings, quite spectacular probably Nuhaka's most spectacular feature it, it would be that marae it's, uh, I would take travelling with you guys uh, the newlyweds on this trip to Nuhaka well we're from, we're going from Nuhaka uh, here's a little trivial question for anyone that's listening Okay, shoot. how far can you drive into Nuhaka we're going to be able to find out how far can you drive into New Haka. What's the answer? The answer is halfway, and after that you're driving out. And of course, New Haka is so small, if you blink you'll miss it. But if you're lucky, you'll see that marae and you should pull in and have yourself a nice cup of Greg's Cafe coffee. Instant coffee all the way, uh, which is totally uh, blasphemy in Auckland circles. But nonetheless, we're, we're about to embark on a mission to try and find an eatery, which we think we've found. And we're also going to be coming back. We're going to be talking to Melody McIver uh, from Canada and Craig Commander. Keep it here. We'll be back. We'll see you soon.
And yeah, keep it locked in, just like I'm locking in the steering wheel. Swole here, I'm with the broho, Gerardo. We're back. We're back and we're bad, we're parked up, and we're at the Caltex. We just had a big bean pie, which was pretty car pie. When you say we, we we mean the royal we, you. I'm still waiting for mine. But, here we are. Look, we're going to meet uh, Melody. We've got Melody McIver here on our left, or your right, Jared. And Craig Commander over here on the other side. Mm, yeah, and it's uh, it's been really good to watch and share your films with you at the, um, what's Leo calling the festival? Is it the Wairoa Māori Film Festival. Wairoa. In Nuhaka, yes. Okay, Melody uh, McIver from the, I'm going to try and pronounce this, from the uh, Jubwe? Jubwe, yeah, it's good. Jubwe Tribe. And uh, Craig as well. Come, come in closer, Craig. Bring your pie over here. Your healthy breakfast, New Zealand breakfast. Um, nice to meet you, Craig. Nice to meet you. Thanks for having me on. That's yeah, cool. Uh, Melody, you're also you're a musician, author, um, filmmaker. And what's brought you here to Aotearoa? Well, I was uh, brought here at the invitation of the Wairoa Mallory Film Festival in partnership with the Asanapka Film Festival, who I work quite closely with uh, back home in Ottawa. Okay. Now, a question that um, Jared's wife brought up, Mel, Craig, and you might be able to answer this one, is that what, what's the way of life? Like, is it similar to the indigenous, you know, to our, the Māori life here in New Zealand? Yes. How you live? Yes. It is. Yeah. So you actually live on a, on a reserve? Yes, I do. Okay. And just tell us about it. How does it work? Is it kind of similar to what, the, the weekend on the Marae? Yeah, I would say so. Um, being here has reminded me a lot of uh, home. Yeah. And um, the nature especially, too. It's, um, it's, it's very, it reminds me a lot of home so much, and I really uh, love it. <laughs> It's good, mate. You, you guys could actually both fit in here. I, actually, Melody, when I saw you, when I saw you, Melody, on, on, at the gala, was just telling Jared that I, th- I thought you were moulding until you put on your regalia. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's, that's the first that I've heard. But thank you. <laughs> actually, Melody, you sh- you share a very international look. You could be Spanish or Brazilian or Maori or there's many different cultures you could fit into. Yeah. I often have that problem myself. People don't know where I'm from when they see me. Particularly out of this country. Yeah, I didn't know you were Māori when I found you. I, um, we both, together, all of us, I think, watched that film, um, The Price of Peace, uh, uh, yeah. a, a documentary feature length uh, by Kim. Webby. Kim Webby. Um, what was your reaction to that movie, seeing that? How does it reflect? Does it any similarities here in um, Turtle Island? I actually missed that screening because I was getting ready for the gala performance. <laughs> nice, Jared. That was a good segue. But what about Craig? Craig might have saw it. I think Craig, I think Craig did see it. Yeah, Craig, what was your take on the price of peace? Any similarities between the, the struggles of the, the Māori and the indigenous people as well? Yes. Yeah. i seen, excuse me, I had seen uh, the price of peace once before this at Imaginative Film Festival. So um, I was really looking forward to seeing it again. And uh, it really does show the, uh, like, what, it, it's as they were saying, there's such a huge similarity between the things that are happening here in uh, Eotirara and in um, on Turtle Island as well, with fracking, with logging, with industry, with uh, people getting, you know, <clears throat> targeted. People are they're out there fighting, you know, to stop these things from happening against this slow, inevitable march of progress, as it were. Yep. So yeah, I definitely felt uh, felt the solidarity with what was happening. That's very cool. And also at the gala event that me and Jared went to for the awards, uh, you 
played the viola, but there was a film behind you. The, was it The Four Parallels? Was it that one? With, with all the imagery, like, you know, about the Indian land, the same sort of things that are happening here with land settlements and, and grievances. So um, tell us a bit more about that, that movie. Uh, that is a film that I directed two years ago, and it's called uh, Guamangaye, and uh, the second title of the film is Namolnik Edelnainen. Uh, so that's a title in two indigenous languages. The first is my own, Nishnabe Moen, and the second is um, the Mi'kmaq language on the east coast of Canada, uh, which was uh, to reflect the territory that I also filmed on. Yeah, yeah, and that's pretty amazing, because some of those photographs are quite uh, sort of hip home, like Craig mentioned about solidarity, having a common cause about... Uh, especially with land grievances here, uh, with the with the crown, uh, Jared, what was your take? Um, particularly with the second film, there's a real you know with a with a with a one's figure throughout the movie. There was this real connection, people and the land, people of the land, and we of course we here in New Zealand or Aotearoa we have Tongata Whenua, and there's a strong relationship with the people and the land, which Western cultures don't really fully appreciate, other than finding minerals which they can then turn into money econo- economy yeah so is it, that, that's what i got from your film is that what you were hoping to achieve yes i think a really strong uh, connecting thread between both of those works is uh, connection and appreciation of the land especially within uh, both were filmed in a similar region of uh, what we call anishinaabeaki or uh, northwestern ontario under more contemporary colonial language <laughs> okay right and being, uh, of course, being um, Ojibwe uh, from that, that tribe, uh, music features a lot. You've got a guitar, so that's kind of common bond we have between Māori and, and, and Ojibwe is, is the, the music connection and arts as well. This is true, yeah. I uh, recently had the chance to uh, connect with a Māori musician, um, uh, Troy Kingi. He came to the uh, lodge where we were, and we had a really good jam session. Was, he, was, was the brother good? Yeah, he was amazing. It was amazing, but I was keeping up too, so I was really enjoying his playing and his rhythms and the way he 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 was uh, playing. And I really found uh, I was able to find a space within that to complement those rhythms and what he was playing. Yeah, it was yeah. great, really great, and I totally had so much fun uh, doing that. <laughs> I was so blessed, felt so blessed. Cool, cool. And also, Melody, you you dress up in the your Jibwe traditional uh, regalia. You know, some of the powwow stuff you're doing, the dancing is, is like a, a powwow. Can you tell us a bit more about the dance? Uh, so powwow culture is um, part of what we call an intertribal, which is a gather of many different indigenous nations across Turtle Island. And it happens pretty much every weekend in the summer months from uh, from May all the way out to, uh, to October. And for many... Uh, powwow families like it's a it's a real way of life and a major dedication and it's kind of on the threshold like there's definitely ceremonial elements but there's also a lot of social and uh, um, more competitive elements as well and people really interpret the culture differently but um, if you see a number of powwow dancers together you'll see how uh, vibrant the colors are how many different styles there are and it's really like an expression of one's true self Uh, it's it's powwow just like like dancing you know like and just releasing you know Mm -hmm. You know how you do the screaming sort of thing? You could almost say compare it to hip hop culture, where you've got like the four elements of hip hop. Uh, you've got uh, you've got the yeah. b boying, the graffiti, uh, the emceeing, as well as the DJing. Yeah. In powwow culture, you have the singing, you have the drumming, you have the dancing, as well as uh, the craft vendors and the, and the food. So it's part of a larger culture. But what I shared uh, at that performance uh, was powwow dancing. Yeah, uh, Craig, powwow dancing. Um, it always looks to be like a mosh circle, like moshing. Um, not quite. It depends on uh, on what kind of dance it is, too. Like, the round dance, everyone gets involved, and everyone moves in a circle. Ah, okay. Right. Yeah. 
other times let's say you're at the pow there's uh the drummers going and, and making the beat and there will be a certain style of dance that will be there at that time how long can these dances go on for melody like the power dances the Five best minutes. gatherings happen over holiday long weekends and they'll have four days powwows most typical is like a weekend in the summer so saturday sunday occasionally an evening uh like a friday evening grand entry okay. and um uh, but uh, and it, it's kind of regional too, where I'm currently living in, in like more eastern urban center. I was actually grumbling a bit because my hometown power decided to wrap things up around 4:30 on a Saturday afternoon. Whereas, if you're out in uh, in the prairie provinces, like those powers would be laughing at you if you stop before two in the morning. <laughs> Jared, we need to go to, to a power. We do need to do a power. I've got another just on the corner of your mouth, here, bro. Oh, yeah, Sorry, yeah. I have a question. It's not necessarily related to. Uh, the um, the festival or the films or anything, but um, in Turtle Island, and then right next door, you've got the United States. Um, it's an out there question, eh? But I'm going to ask it anyway. Do do you recognise the the boundaries of the United States or Turtle Island, or f- is there a different set of boundaries for the Indigenous people? You actually kind of set yourself up there because when we say Turtle Island, that's to be specifically inclusive of Canada and the United States as well as Mexico because we're considered to be all connected and uh, those colonial borders divide our nations. So being an Anishinaabek person, our territory is generally considered to be uh, surrounding the Great Lakes in in both areas and uh, many of our com- uh, communities were split in two, sometimes even three. There's a Mohawk community of Aquasasne, which is partially in Ontario, partially in Quebec, which are two Canadian provinces. And then the remaining third is in New York State. And uh, they have an international border that was plopped in the middle, and students get frisked by armed border uh, border guards every day as they go to their the grade school classes. So, uh, and that happens all across these borders. And a common saying back home is like, "We didn't cross the borders; the borders crossed us." Yeah, touche. Touche. And on that note, on our big pen pies, we are going to be uh, adiosing this this little small town, one horse town, and heading in that direction. I believe, Jared. Yeah, have you got a name for this uh, little town here? This little town is like the precursor to Gisborne. What is it called? It's called to- not Total Fleet Solutions, but anyway, Makaraka. Makaraka. So from us here, Makaraka and the Hawks Bay, and uh, our Jubi friends, uh, Craig Commander, Melody McIver. Look out for them, Melody McIver and Craig Commander. And we're not signing out completely because I know you'll have something more to say on the way. Now, do, do a couple of beeps on the horn. That, folks, is a genuine juicy horn. If you've never been in, had the experience of a juicy camper van, well, now you can hear what the horn sounds like. Go, Jared. Sounds like rubber ducky. You're the one. Rubber ducky, you're the one. Um, we're getting to the swing of things here in the front seat of the camper van. We've got Melody and Craig in the back. We're sort of kidnapping them, taking them to a portiki. Jared, you know where you're going? Uh, I haven't got a clue. I'm just following the Great uh, Black River. <laughs> Which is actually a, a motorway or a road. Um, uh, referred to oftenly, often as the highway. Sorry, Mel, you got to say? I thought you said you are going to talk next time I put a wave to Mike in your face. You did, but it was too fast. And now uh, we're, we're on a, we've done the big deed. We've been to the White Ore Multi Film Festival and survived. Yeah, it's great to be a part of this uh, podcast special, which is obviously going to sound about an hour long after we've finished. But it is good to be travelling between Gisborne and Portuguese. And I just saw a sign back there lit up that said Black Ice, Jared. Yeah, Black Ice, safe driving, happy holidays. 
have you seen any good movies uh, of late? Um, I think you saw a George Clooney movie. What was it called? Money Monster? Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, Money Monster, not too unlike the Cookie Monster. Um, very entertaining role from George Clooney. Of course, George Clooney has been hijacked or held at gunpoint in his Money Monster TV program. Uh, which is uh, directed by Julia Roberts. Haven't seen her for a long time. The famous Pelter. That is quite funny. Uh, Julia Roberts directed that one. We just saw uh, a short film. She didn't. No. Are you saying Julia Roberts? No, Julia Roberts played the director in the studio on the film. The but an equal Pelter, uh, Jodie Foster actually directed it. Very nice. Okay, good save. I was going to mention Timura Morrison directing as well, but he was directed a movie. For real, uh, the Lost Pearl uh, movie I saw was a German movie called Labyrinth of Lies, about a German prosecutor who uh, successfully prosecutes uh, SS officers in the Auschwitz, uh, which of course we know the Germans try, were, you know, try covering up that part of their history um, of the of the war or the Holocaust. Um, quite a heavy heavy drama though. Um, uh, a theme that's been played out many times in Hollywood, but uh, now the Germans themselves are picking up on this. This is, I think, the third German film that's really investigating what happened uh, in Germany during World War Two. And it's an interesting subject. I mean, it's, uh, it's a little bit like, uh, well, we've, we've been to the indigenous filmmakers and met a lot of people here, the struggle, the plight of them, but... I mean, obviously, uh, to, to make such a, a heavy subject and turn into a watchable commodity is quite a, not an easy thing to do. Yeah, you used that term, watchable commodity, last night when we, uh, we talked to Kim about her film, The Price of Peace. Um, interesting, there was an apology in that film that the government made to the, the local iwi where Tom Eji's from. Um, do you think the Germans are doing the same by way of these films, making an apology? Interesting through the arts and culture, and uh, yeah, that is a good point you raise. I mean, it could be, is it some sort of recompensation? I don't think so. It's obviously, it highlights uh, what's happened and what's gone on, and, and maybe a different perspective on the the situation. I mean, this is twenty first century now. Uh, another film we saw, the X Men, of course, a couple of weeks ago, Apocalypse, um, long and drawn out. Uh, with action here and there, but not enough to sustain the interest in the movie, to be frank and honest. Too many backstories about who became what. There was even a corny little um, appearance from Hugh Jackman as the wolf. Uh, Wolverine. Wolf, wolf. Wolverine. Yeah. yeah, when he just goes mental and slaughters about 100 soldiers. Yeah. Uh, so what's James McAvoy doing with a bald head in that movie? Well, it's it's the movie could be how James McAvoy became bald. Um, what's his character's name? Not Magneto, but it's you know how the zebra got his stripes. It's how how his character got his bald head because that's what it all builds up to him becoming bald. Oh, well, let's let's take it out. Let's put on the let's put it against the old uh, snooze or lose um, money monster. What do you give that? The new George Clooney flick. What did you give that out of five, Jared? I give it a three uh, because it does it does entertain you, but it's George Clooney as George Clooney. It's almost like he writes his own script uh, on the spot as he's in front of the camera. He's, he's a bit like this podcast. We make it up as we go, but it sort of fits. Um, it's totally scripted, man. What are you talking about? Yeah, but it's very George Clooney. I mean, you've seen George Clooney in a space suit. Now you've seen him 
in a tie again, running a show, dressed up as a boxer at one point. Uh, I give it a, yeah, probably two and a half, three. Two and a half for imagination and a three because it was entertaining, but no. You're too generous, Joe. Some people would uh, disagree with me. Um, Labyrinth of Lies, the new movie's coming out at the end of this month. Fantastic, riveting watch right to its redemptive end. Um, it'll have you... I mean, it's a solid drama. If you don't go to the movies, you're wanting something by Pixar or, or a kid's sort of movie, this one won't do it for you. But if you're after a riveting drama, watch Labyrinth of Lies. I gave it a uh, three and a half out of five. Okay, I give the Apocalypse um, the award for spending so much money on a big production of two because it was a big production um, and it should have delivered more than what it did. It's kind of... Oh, just another layer on a layer. Why don't they make a complete film that's a film about the film instead of about the film about how everyone got into the film? That's what I think. A bit boring, a bit too long, uh, not enough twists and turns, not enough not enough real story. Just just backstory all the time. Blah, boring, boring, boring. Yawn, yawn. Wake me up when it's finished. Uh, Yulia, our uh, Russian compadre, uh, is not with us this weekend. Unfortunately, she's... Uh, she has a social life of her own that revolves around herself. Um, and uh, she has seen a couple of good movies. So now You See Me 2, which is a sequel of the, uh, the popular Illusionist or Magicians movie, which has come out with, uh, as they got um, Harry Potter in there in this one, Daniel Radcliffe, and Love and Friendship, which is a new Kate Beckinsale movie based on the Jane Austen book, um, which I think she gives, um, she usually gives five out of five for all the movies she sees, I think, Jared. Yeah, she has no real idea of how to grade a movie, but uh, she enjoys all of them, which is good for the popcorn chewers, uh, the people who make the movies. But What do you mean grading? Grading, well, I think if she has a laugh or is entertained, she's very easily pleased, let's put it that way. And so, hard to get a, a anything below four from her. I think I'm glaring at the same time as Mel's glaring at you uh, there, Jared. Um, anyway, this is us on the road trip, the New Zealand Entertainment Podcast crew from us, myself and Yulia, who's not with us. But I must say, Yulia, it's good to, I, I um, because I'm sure she'll be listening to this at some point. Um, if I make another film, I'll make sure I put you in the front row and give you a shining gold pen to do my review. That'd be brilliant. Just like James McAvoy, we're out of here. And uh, lose from you, Mr. Jared. Yeah, out of here. I get it. Here. Yeah. I hear it. I hear you right here. (laughs) You know what the trick is? Is to make... When something hits you so obviously in the face, at point-blank range, you just go with it. And that's all we're doing. We're keeping it real. Well, not on the streets. We're keeping it real on the road. Yeah, so let's make like a bunch of bowling pins, bowling alley pins, and break it up. And on that note, uh, safe driving out there. Here comes the Juicy Horn. A word from our sponsor... We'll catch you guys next time. Keep it real. Keep it on the streets. This is Wal and Jared signing off for New Zealand Entertainment Podcast. See you guys.